Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 330. It's made possible by our sponsors, AirBuddy, Bombus, and Pingdom. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Stephen Hackett. How are you? I'm good, Federico Vitici. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. That's good. Uh, Mike Hurley is here. Mike Hurley, how are you? Happy birthday. Thanks. Happy birthday, 28th of January, Stephen's birthday. Happy mm-hmm. birthday, Stephen. I'm old now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now? Mm. Older. <laughs> Older, yeah. yeah. I had to fill out some paperwork recently, and it was one of those things where they you have to check like the age bracket you're in, and so I'm turning 35 this week, and the one before me was like, it was like 26 to 34. Ooh, you went up in the drop down. <laughs> yeah, and the next one was 35 to like 44. And I was like, uh, oh, I guess I'm getting ready to be that that check mark. It's <laughs> <laughs> not good. <laughs> well, you got to get on TikTok. Uh, it's the only way to reverse this. <laughs> it's the Benjamin Button of mm-hmm. social media networks. Time to get on TikTok. Okay. What would I what okay. What would I do on TikTok? You would show off like weird things about old uh computers. No, you gotta do the dances, man. You gotta you gotta do the do dances that. too. The dances too. <laughs> Naturally. Do the dances whilst like opening an iBook. You gotta you gotta do those videos where like there's like a music and you're dressed one way and then you do like a movement and you're dressed much fancier. Mm. Yeah. The, I, the I go switch. from one black t shirt to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> no, you should know. do old no. Mac TikToks, you know, because then like the kids will be like, "What is that?" Like, you could blow their minds of old technology, you know. Oh, you should do the switch where like you're wearing a prompt T-shirt, and then you do the switch, and you have a connected T-shirt. Same T-shirt. <laughs> the technology should be colorful ones. <laughs> it's it's the same T-shirt. We should put that shirt back on sale. Oh, Stephen just made a decision without consulting anybody else in the group, and now he said it. We have some follow-up. Very exciting stuff. Last week, Federico challenged me to name Apple hardware features that were quickly reverted. I came up with none, but we have one from a listener. Listener Thomas sent in, what about the buttonless iPod shuffle? And they went back and said, oh, hey, uh, turns out people like the buttons. And they put the buttons back on the fourth gen, like two years later. So let's start off with the iPod Shuffle. This was our first generation Shuffle. It's based on the concept that shuffling is a wonderful way to listen to your music. And we could make a really affordable player without a display that just shuffled your songs and was super easy to use. And it's been a really big hit. The second generation was even better. It was dramatically smaller. It had a clip. It had these ring buttons on it that was really easy to use. The third generation, we took off the buttons added voiceovers so you could listen to your songs and added playlists. Now it could talk you through your playlists and you could pick a playlist. But people clearly miss the buttons, right? So they loved the buttons of the second generation, but they loved voiceover and having playlists on their iPod from the third. So what are we going to do? Let's make the best of both. The new iPod Shuffle. It's even smaller than the second generation. It's got buttons, voiceover, and playlists. And it's really small. Mike, can you tell us about your exciting Salesforce news? 
I've been acquired by Salesforce. Oh no! Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> they they just wanted just me. Uh, no, they they've joined the Unicode Consortium as a voting member. So maybe now they'll find Slack will finally update their emoji. So there aren't many companies that are like voting members of the Unicode Consortium, which means that they have the ability to say yes and no to different emoji. Lots of different companies are part of the consortium, but. Salesforce now join Adobe, Apple, Facebook, Google, IBM, Netflix, Microsoft, and a company whose logo I literally cannot discern. Uh, it looks like a chipmunk with headphones on. I, I don't understand what it is. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, this, this, they are now in that. They get voting rights. And uh, I hope that that means that they're going to, I don't know, focus on emoji a little bit better. You One would hope that they pay attention. One would hope. One would hope. I wonder if acquiring Slack is what led to this. I'm trying to think of what else Salesforce owns that would benefit from a high power stake in emoji. Well, it's not just emoji. It's it's all text and computers. I think But no one cares about text and computers. Okay. Everyone cares about emoji. I'm a youth. I think it's companies companies that are like voting members and even companies that are on the consortium have some kind of vested interest in communication. I think that's the reason. That makes sense. And Jeremy. And Jeremy. The yeah. creator of Emoji. The creator of Emoji. But only gets half a vote, though, this chart tells me, which I think is a travesty. I think Jeremy should get three votes. Which half? everybody's one vote. <laughs> <laughs> the beard half. Wow, that's a, you've, you've crossed into a new level of dad jokes in your advanced age. System updates. Yesterday, Apple released iOS 14.4, watchOS 7. Point something. I don't know. 7.4? 7.3? I think they're off by a number. 7.3. 7.3. Yeah. And 14.4 also came out for the HomePod and the HomePod Mini. What is new in this update? There's the HomePod mini integration with the iPhone. Uh, there's the better handoff support in that you can uh, more quickly and easily hand off music from your iPhone to the HomePod by placing the iPhone over it, and you get that special UI on the lock, tr- on the lock screen. I haven't tried it because I don't have a HomePod around anymore. <laughs> um, but it looks like I'm not really... And I think Mike agrees. I'm not really sure why this has to be... Like why this exists, um, mostly because it just feels like I don't know. I just I struggle to imagine personally the use case for this. Like, isn't it easier to just ask Siri yeah, to play like, something? What's the thinking? Like, I look at my phone and I'm like, oh yeah, music, right? It's like it's a strange <laughs> thing, like to to do to be like, oh, you're near a HomePod Mini. <laughs> just Clearly, we need to, to show you music. Oh, it's like, oh, look, I just happened to walk near a HomePod. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I personally am pretty intentional with the music I want to listen to. And so like when I decide to put on music, I either ask an assistant or I use AirPlay or I put on headphones. It's this... Like and even the way they show it off in in advertisements in commercials, like these people who just realize, oh, I just happen to be near a HomePod. Let me hand it off. It's like, mm-hmm. how big a home you have that you can just so happen to casually walk by a, a smart speaker. Speaking of your music uh, choices, I've been getting almost daily reviews of your Spotify playlists. Daily, so, daily reviews. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
having listened to this show over the last couple of weeks, Adina has moved back to uh, to Spotify and has oh. found your playlist and has been listening to them. Oh my! They, I've been told that they're very good. Uh, and w- you, which ones? Uh, like your best of twenty twenty one is one of them, I think. Oh. And there's a couple of others. Okay. Or best of twenty twenty. Or, or I, I don't know. I haven't looked. Right. Like I'm not the one doing this. And and the. Overall, uh, you've been pegged overall as having musical tastes. She told me that sits somewhere between indie rock and emo music, and I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Absolutely, yep. yes, like, yes, you that. nailed it <laughs> that, on the money. That is me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, that's a, that's a plot twist as well. Like, I very nice. I didn't know she, that she was using it and that she was uh, checking out my playlists. I'm very happy. I should make more of those public. I think I only have two. Uh, best of 2020 and all-time favorites, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, a, I have a bunch more. Oh, that's cool. Thank you for telling me that. I have a real incredibly interesting real-time follow-up. Okay. That logo that I said looked like a chipmunk in the small image that I saw is the logo of the Sultanate of Oman. Wait. Which is... The country? Yeah. What? What? They are on the Unico Consortium and help you uh, and help approve emoji. I'll include an article from BuzzFeed, which is wonderfully titled, Why is this random golf country helping pick your emoji? Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Wow. It just, to my mind, it looked like a chipmunk. I still don't know exactly what the logo is meant to represent. Uh, I did not intend to offend anybody. Say, I think you owe an entire country an apology. I just did. All right. I'm sorry, everybody. It's not a country. It's a sultan. Unless it is uh, a chipmunk. The royal chipmunk. I don't think it is. I don't think it is a chipmunk. Uh, in any case, we were talking about the software updates. Um, I don't think there's anything much else to cover in iOS 14.4. I mean, there's support for scanning smaller QR codes in the camera. Um, and you can now properly um, categorize Bluetooth accessories. This is a very much a, like a niche feature, but sometimes... Hovered from some people saying my car stereo unit does not get recognized as a car Bluetooth device um, because my phone thinks it's a pair of headphones. And mm. so, for example, you don't get certain integrations like syncing contacts, for example, or if you're using Spotify, having the car view in Spotify. Um, and so now in settings, when you tap on a Bluetooth accessory, you can classify it. You can say this is a headphone, this is a um, hearing aid, or this is part of a car Bluetooth unit. So you can properly say, you know, you can properly categorize each Bluetooth device that you connect to, which is nice. I checked mine and they were all properly categorized, so I don't have this issue. I think this will particularly help for like Bluetooth accessories that you want to put like in an old car or in an old truck. And you know those adapters that you buy from Amazon? Now you can categorize them from Bluetooth settings. I don't think there's anything else worth covering in iOS 14.4. In watchOS 7.3, there's the new... Unity watch face, which is inspired by the Pan-African flag. And there's also, I believe, a special uh, Series 6 watch and special watch bands that are coming out. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting. They've actually, like, like, they've made, like, an actual 
watch that yeah. they're selling, which has an engraving on the back which says Black Unity, which I don't think they've done something like this for a cause before. Like I, no. I can't think of even Product Red. No. Or something. So it's cool. Very yeah. cool. And they're, they're yeah. giving uh, Apple's donating proceeds to six uh, global organizations to promote equality and civil rights. Yeah. So, and, cool. and the watch band looks amazing. Like I really love the combination of the and the of the three different colors, the black, yeah. green, and red. It's really, yeah. really uh, lovely. It's nicely done. Yeah. Mike, I see in the notes that you put in a uh, comment about the AirPods Max battery issue, and I wanted yeah. to I wanted to comment on this as well. Mm-hmm. I have been noticing battery drain of my AirPods Max headphones as well. I like a few days ago I charged them, and then yesterday I removed them from the case, and it said forty percent. It's like, wait, how? <laughs> how is this possible? Like, yeah, I'm convinced at this point that the proximity sensors aren't working correctly. I yeah. Mean, they, 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 they seem to be winning a fight between those and whatever sensors in the magnets. I think so, yeah. Um, I, and there's, there was nothing in the release notes that suggested there would be any help, but I'm just hoping. Um, and I also, I've still been having some issues with my HomePod pair with my Apple TV. And so I've updated both the Apple TV and the HomePod pair in the hope that it will uh, fix that, where it's just like sometimes it's just like, oh, this just won't work. I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll just use my TV speakers. <laughs> just forgets about it. Okay. Yep. You used to be my friend, and now you're not. Remember with the iPhone, I think it was the 4 Apple had proximity issues where the screen wouldn't go to sleep when, it put it, when you put it up against your face, and they fixed it with software. So, Was that a problem with the white model, or am I remembering something completely different? It was rumored, I think, that that's why the white one was so far behind that and maybe some camera issues, but it uh, was okay. an issue on the the standard black model as well. So I think okay. it was mentioned during the antenna gate keynote. It's like, oh, we're also tracking these other things. Uh, one thing about 14.4, just before we move on, it does include some security updates that uh, address some pretty potentially nasty things. I don't know how much of this was actually out in the world. Apple often doesn't give detailed notes on this until after the update's been out for a little while. So they Apple hasn't said too much yet about what exactly got fixed, but there were some issues with the kernel and with WebKit that meant someone could make code execute on your phone by just visiting a website, which is the wrong website, which is bad. All right, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about today, but let's take a break here and thank our first sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by AirBuddy. When you open your AirPods near your iPhone or iPad, you get that buttery smooth user interface that makes AirPods such a joy to use. And then you open it near a Mac and you you don't get anything. When you get AirBuddy, you get that same smooth experience and more with AirPods on your Mac. And with the new version, AirBuddies 2, this is taken to the next level with a refreshed user interface that looks great, improved reliability, and many new features. I've used AirBuddy since the day it came out because I want that first-party experience to be really good. I'm using Apple AirPods. I'm using Mac OS. I want them to really jive nicely together. And it looks great. It looks like something Apple would have designed had they bothered with this. And this is why I love third-party software so much. I, I love these utilities that really add polish and a nice experience to the Mac, and AirBuddy definitely does that. 
Everybody supports all versions of the AirPods, including the AirPods Pro and AirPods Max, and all Beats products powered with either the W1 or H1 chip. Simply connect and change listening modes at the same time with a single gesture on the trackpad. Using AirBuddy's connection modes, you can automate system volume, audio input, and listening mode so that you're ready to go into that video conference with just a single click. AirBuddy can also show you battery information for your iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch and their accessories, and the batteries widget can be added to the notification center on macOS. AirBuddy is sandboxed and does not require any kernel extensions to work. It's fully compatible with both macOS Big Sur and Apple Silicon Macs, but it works on any Mac with Bluetooth Low Energy running macOS 10.14.6 or later. So if you have AirPods and you have a Mac, you need AirBuddy. So go to airbuddy.app connected to learn more. And the first 100 connected listeners to go there will get AirBuddy with a 20% discount. That's airbuddy.app connected. Be quick and grab that 20% discount. Our thanks to AirBuddy for their support of the show and Relay FM. There were some changes at the top of Apple this week uh, were announced a few, couple of days ago. Uh, Mike, do you want to walk us through who is being shuffled around? Yep. So Tim Cook's gone. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Eddie Bye, Q's in. Eddie. Eddie. Uh, <laughs> we're starting over, baby. There's going to be music and open shirt. No, Dan Riccio is moving on from his role of uh, as uh, Senior Vice President of Hardware Engineering to focus on a, quote, new project and reporting mm. to Tim Cook directly. Did I ever tell you that, did I ever tell you that Riccio means two very different things in Italian? No. Like as an Italian word? So Riccio either more. means curly or hedgehog. Could it mean both? Well, no. Um, no, it's like, it's the same word as two very different meanings. I mean, like if you had like a curly hedgehog. Sure, you could you have that. Like a Riccio Riccio? You can reach Dan Curley sounds like my sort of name. Like, if I were to have like a fictional name, I would be called Dan Curley. It's not far away from my brother's name, to be honest. Exactly. It's just one, one, one letter difference. Mm-mm. Wait, your brother's name is Pan Curley? <laughs> yeah, it's weird, really. It's weird. We're half brothers. Um, uh, obviously, everyone's going, Apple Car, right? Like, that's, that's the thinking. I don't think it's that. No. No. Um, because I don't think Apple will make a car. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, if there's ever mm. going to be an Apple car, I don't believe they will manufacture it. Like, that's more what I mean. Well, it's still an Apple car. <laughs> right, but then if... they don't need a hardware engineering vice president so much to oversee the making of the vehicle, mm. right? Because I they'll mean, work with a partner. But anyway, whether they do or don't, I don't think it's this. I think it's something to do with AR or some kind of wearable project. Yeah. Um, that That's where I reckon it's going to be. Because he's probably doing this already, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever Apple's making. And if they think that this is going to be an important thing for the company going into the future, uh, they might want to spin it out and kind of have somebody overseeing this whole different effort. I, I really don't think that Dan Riccio is moving on to whatever the car project is because this would also be like the 17th person to run this this mythical car project. And he was actually the the first person to run it, and then it moved to Bob Mansfield. Oh, really? Yeah, so Rene Ritchie tweeted this, that initially it was under 
uh, Dan Curley, and then it was under Bob Mansfield. Remember, he came out of retirement to run this for a while. Yep. And now it's under the guy from Google. Gian G- Andrea. Gian Andrea. That guy. Yep. Gian mm-hmm. Andrea. But I think, so, because so this is the argument, right? So Gian Andrea was a, is a software person. So, you know, if they were building a car, Gian Andrea probably wouldn't be the person to run the entire effort. There could be a hardware yeah. software effort. Nevertheless, maybe. look, maybe it's a car. I just don't think it's I just don't no. think it's that. I don't think it is for a totally different reason. So I want to read you a quote from Dan Curley in this press release. Please call him by his real name because it's so confusing to me now. <laughs> Dan Riccio. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, After 23 years of leading our product design or hardware engineering teams, culminating with our biggest and most ambitious product year ever. So we're talking about, I guess, 2020 with the M1 Max and everything else. It's the right time for a change. Next up, I'm looking forward to doing what I love most, focusing all my time and energy at Apple on creating something new and wonderful that I couldn't be more excited about. I don't think we would even know about this let alone in th- this these terms, if it were the car. I think that that is still, I think Apple still treats that as more of a secret than it actually is. Hmm. And they, they did make moves in this before, but I don't know how public, I don't remember how public right. they made it. Yeah, they it. hired some people, they laid some people off, they had self-driving cars registered in a couple of states. But this... It just it feels like the way that Tim Cook's Tim Cook for a long time always talked about health sensors, right? And then the watch got a bunch of those, and now he's talking about how AR and, and these other things can change the way we work and learn and play. This just feels like Apple winking at what's already kind of been floating out there. Maybe they're just giving this guy a chance to say something because. He is sticking around, and he's not being promoted to the sacred halls of Apple Fellowship like Phil Schiller is. Yeah. But I don't know, like him saying he's really excited about it and talking about this new thing he's going to do, that's very unusual for Apple. And I think it kind of fits, in my mind at least, a little bit with the way Tim Cook has talked about some of this stuff. So I have a conspiracy, a fun conspiracy theory to share in a minute. But I, I, my personal theory on this as well is this might actually be more about who they're bringing up into this role than what Richo's going on to do. Yeah. Mm. So John Turnus is going to be taking on the hardware engineering role. Uh, you may re- you will remember John from doing the majority of the presentation of the M1 Max from the mm-hmm. last Apple keynote. Yep, he also um, and, introduced the iMac Pro and the Mac Pro. Yep. And so there was a an article that Mark Gurman wrote a while ago um, kind of detailing the future of Apple executives. And John Turnus is spoken about very kindly in this, like at the level of there are people inside of Apple that think he could be CEO one day. So I my belief really is that they're doing some maybe potentially i mean look it could be as simple as they know how important turnus is they want to give turnus a promotion so they're asking richio to go run something else yeah which uh, are moves I, they can make yeah it definitely could be and that's that doesn't say anything bad about richio it it no. says good things about both of them right they've both he's been doing that job for a very long time you can't yeah. have the same people doing the same things forever sometimes that's right. you want to move stuff around and it's kind of funny cuz turnus has actually been at Apple for nearly as long as Dan Riccio has. I had no idea he'd been there 20 years. 
20 years. He looks so young. How, how old was he when he started? Maybe it was his first job. <laughs> it, it could have been. Uh, you know, maybe he was coming in as a toddler and designing the iPhone 4. But yeah, he seems very well liked. And the thing that I think about is the Mac stuff that we've heard about in recent years that we all like. The Mac Roundtable, iMac Pro, Mac Pro, M1. It really, like even the Intel updates we've had over the last couple of years that have been good. Like we have, I think, applied those good feelings to Turnus. And I think he, he owns a lot of that, right? He seems, I mean, that's his job, right? He's the hardware guy. Uh, my feeling is, and I've, is that Turnus really has worked very hard at this Mac renaissance that we're currently seeing, a phrase that I'm stealing from my co-host on Mac Power Users. But this Mac renaissance is yep. something that he has he has been very involved in. Mm-hmm. And now if he's stepping up over even more hardware and over, you know, a broader organization, that's exciting to me that that enthusiasm he has. Like when you watch him, it's it's almost infectious to watch him talk about this stuff. You can just tell he just loves hardware. Like that's exciting for me to see that be applied to other parts of the company. But selfishly, I hope that the Mac keeps getting that same enthusiasm because I think the last couple of years, it's really been in a good place. My uh, conspiracy theory, which I don't believe but it did pop into my head, so I thought I would share it, is that uh, Riccio has been the head of hardware engineering during a tricky time for some products, especially the Mac, and there's all of the rumors are pointing towards these huge changes, like 180 changes to the Mac, uh, that maybe they're moving Riccio away because he did a bad job and Tarnas is going to mm. make it all better for us. So, like a punishment? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Eh. I don't I'm not saying I super believe it, but there is something particularly strange that if all of these rumors are true, the timing is interesting. Yeah, well this is it. They we we're getting rumors of like Apple basically wiping out 4 years of, pro- of products, right? Mm-mm. And like pretend they didn't exist. And then at the same time, the guy who runs that division is moving away from that division and then mm. this guy that we've only really started to hear about recently at the same time that things seem to be improving, is taking over the whole hardware engineering division. So, so what you're saying is Richie is a huge USB-C fan and hates keyboard Just travel. Big, big USB-C fan, hates MagSafe. Loves the touch bar. <laughs> Loves He's the, the touch, touch bar. bar guy. Oh, no. But, okay, so <laughs> yeah. this was part of it. The touch bar was part of what made, led me to this because people say, oh, Johnny Ive, it's now Johnny Ive's gone. It's going to get better again. And I don't, believe this because at the time we were all saying Johnny Ive checked out and was designed in the building. So like I don't think I've had really much to do with the last few years of products that were at Apple. Like it seemed like he had kind of moved on to doing other things. And then also like I was responsible for all the good stuff is coming back too. So uh I don't know. That that I, I'm not all I'm saying is t- timing is interesting. It is. It's uh, very interesting. But I'm not going to like hang my hat on this as like, aha, I know what's right. happened here. Yeah. And I mean, the, I, I know you, you're not saying you're not marrying yourself to that theory, but one hole I do want to poke in it is that if we are getting ready to have new notebooks at WBDC that have MagSafe and a bunch of ports, like they're not starting that today now that uh, Riccio is out the door, right? Like this... It's a long process to get there, 
But it is very interesting, and the timing is fascinating. How long has Turner's been in charge, like actually really in charge of Mac hardware? Yeah, I don't know. Right? And that could have been in the last few years. And it may have yeah. been that, like... I mean, he was present at the roundtable, I think. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, when they decided they were going to do that roundtable, maybe they made some leadership changes in the Mac hardware team. Because if you're going to change direction, probably makes sense to have fresh direction. Maybe. Right, it, I think you know if you feel like oh we're going to change everything to be like we're good but we're going to have the same people run it. I don't know. It's fascinating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's cool though because I I get a good feel from from John Turnus. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, I I I like his presentations and stuff. So, um, I'm excited. Like I'm you know, this is like another reason to to be excited about hardware this year. Like maybe it's going to get shaken up a little bit more and over the next couple of years so it was cool he's pretty buff i'm looking at this pr picture of him he's really good looking he's very handsome yeah. he's very good looking that's important to me in an, a computer executive <laughs> <laughs> steven stop objectifying the executives please i'm sorry he's he's smart too you know yeah we all miss bob's <laughs> manfield's cuddliness ruggedness one feature that came out for the Apple Watch this week, and I'm, uh, was this part of 7.3 or did it come? No, for some reason. They just rolled it out? Okay, separate. They rolled it out and then there was, in 7.3, it got the ability to auto-download these time-to-walk things. Okay. You could download them manually for mm-hmm. two days <laughs> before. Perfect. Yeah, so this is Time to Walk. It's a new fitness feature of the Apple Watch that is a 25 to about 40-minute workout. They're different lengths. And they are well-known guests, you know, celebrities, telling stories about their lives and then playing playlists of music that's meaningful to them. And you can walk and listen to these, and there's images that automatically play on your Apple Watch. So if they're talking about maybe their childhood home they grew up in, maybe a picture of them as a child or the the, the home is there, it turns your Apple Watch into a very fancy keynote presentation. <laughs> and it's it's clever, I think, because people like celebrities and people like stories, and you have to walk to hear the story. There's going to be new stories rolling out through April. So it seems like this is maybe a short run program, like a spring program. But uh, it is part of Fitness Plus, and I do wish that it kind of been available to everybody. I think that would have been cool. It was like a teaser for Fitness Plus. Yeah. Yeah, like, hey, if you like this, check out all this other stuff we have in Fitness Plus. Here's a 30-day trial or whatever they have. I don't know. I personally feel a little a little weird about having like launching a feature right now that is about hey walk outside and. (laughs) It is weird. It is weird. We can technically exercise and walk outside. Mm. We're not in lockdown right now, but it's still like I personally am trying to avoid all sorts of contact with anything and anyone as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. But it just feels like I'm allowed to go outside, but it just feels kind of weird to launch this feature right now. Yeah, it's, I, I I completely understand what you're saying. It's like here, uh, outside exercise is allowed and kind of encouraged a bit if you're on your own, mm-hmm. but it is like, hey, yeah, you know. go outside, but don't <laughs> go outside 
but if you do go yeah. outside, Dolly Parton will tell you a story. So like, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. So I was I went out for a walk yesterday in my neighborhood. I was planning to test this feature out. I was like, oh, this is like on Monday. I was like, oh, I know I was going to go out for a walk tomorrow, uh, and I'll listen to one then. And then just before I left, I was like, no, I want to listen to a podcast of my choosing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was, I think that's probably the end of Time to Walk for me. <laughs> it's a nice idea, but it's never going to be what I choose. It's it's like I I encourage it for people if they don't, like have po- loads of podcasts that they like to listen to, you know, mm-hmm. like this is, it's it's good for that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, it was kind of just like, I would prefer to finish this episode yeah. of The Adventure Zone instead, right? Like, so I'm going to do that. I don't know, it just feels kind of weird also that, hey, Sean Mendes was paid a bunch of money to tell you a story about his childhood. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. great. <laughs> and they were they were recorded while walking themselves. Which, oh really? I yeah. didn't know that. Which the uh, sound engineer in me is like really, you know, trying to like piece that together. It's not actually that hard. But like what if they get out of breath or they trip? Like you gotta start over? Are mm-hmm. they reading? Are they just talking? So many questions. Anyways, uh I have not used it. Well, because you can't walk. I can walk short distances. Well, it's not it's not called time to walk short distances. <laughs> <laughs> time to walk to the back of the garden. That's right. That's right. Oh. It's just Sean Mendes says, "How are you doing?" And that's it. <laughs> oh, I'm at work. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I have some real time breaking news. Ooh. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. Yeah. You can now purchase AirPods Max ear cushions individually. Oh. Okay. I don't have AirPods Max. How much are they? Million dollars. I bet seventy something. Let's uh, yeah. All right. Let me let me check. So you Apple can get. Store. So this is a thing you couldn't do before. You couldn't get the. No, they were listed as coming soon. Uh, uh, let's see okay. accessories. In Italy, they are. To, 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 what are you? Uh, seventy nine euros. <laughs> uh, okay. You were spot on there. Then that's expensive. Should I get the red ones? Yeah. And mix and match. Oh, 69. Nice. $69. Nice. Still says coming soon, but you can order them. It's, it's funny. I'm looking at the site now. It says coming soon, ships in one day. Yeah. So that's really soon. <laughs> They're coming Monday in Italy. Yeah, it's coming very soon. <laughs> yeah, $69. Cool. You so get you... two, right? Because it's just showing one in the picture. Yeah, you get two. You get <laughs> you two. You have of to them. buy the left and right it's side separately. One set. Okay. Can you imagine 69 each? Yeah, I can. Hmm. Yeah, I can. Can imagine. I, I like the thought of this. I'm, I don't want to spend $69 for my $500 headphones that only work most of the time. I'm going to think about it. I wish the red was m- more red. More red? Yeah. If it's like coral. The, see, my thing is as well that none of these colors appeal to me enough that I yeah. want to buy them. So. The red, the red is a bit of a disappointment now that I'm looking at the texture and the photo. It's not red enough. Yeah, it's kind of salmon. Mm, yeah, pinkish. The blue's nice, but not on the black band. And the green is just horrible. <laughs> the green is bad. <laughs> what it's, color is that? It's like olive. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little olive fee. No, that's an offense to olives. Uh, it's worse than olive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe the only good one is the black one, actually. Do you like olives? I do. I love olives. Yeah. Ugh. Wait, why? 
No. Why that sound? Like Wait, gross. what kind of... I'm not a what? big olive fan. Not a big olive fan. I like olive oil. I like things made from olives. I'm not really a big fan of olives. Wait, what else is made of olives besides olive oil? I knew you were going to say that. Uh, you know, olive well, paste. Olive, you can olive make, flavor Jolly yes. Ranchers. You can yep. make, you can make uh, olive bread. It's like in Italy, you can get bread with little pieces of, of olives. Yeah, that's not what I want, though, because that's little pieces of olives, you know? And it's, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like <laughs> olives. Like, I don't like them when they're smaller, either. Olive oil is like... I mean, in Italy, it's like water, basically. Yeah. It's like an essential good. It's uh, the elixir of life. I mean, I love olive oil. Let's take a little I'm, shot I'm before recording. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no. You don't want to do that. Just um, really smooth you out, you know? <laughs> the horrible voice sounds you would make with your mouth and throat <laughs> like, coated in oil, you'd just be like gurgling for 20 minutes. Mm-mm. Okay, mm-hmm. let's take a break. All right. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. I have questions about the history before feet, but that's not part of this ad. They've rethought every detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. I'm wearing my Bombas socks right now. They're comfortable. They're stylish. I've got weird arches and they have nice arch support in the center. They're really comfortable for me, but they do more than just keep me cozy. Bombas gives back to the most vulnerable members of our community because for every pair of socks you purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. Thanks to the generosity of customers, they have donated over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of more than 3,000 giving partners. I love that about this company. And that impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes and a small comfort that's especially important right now. So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash connected. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash connected for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash connected. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of the show and Relay FM. All right. Tweetbot 6 came out yesterday. Uh, it's a new app with, so it's a new version. So it replaces, doesn't replace, it's the opposite of replacing. Doesn't replace Tweetbot 5, but it's a new app in the App Store. Tweetbot 5 is gone from the store, though. Uh, it's now a subscription-based app. It's either $1 a month, or I think it's 99 cents a month, or $6 a year with a subscription. At the moment, there aren't any large new features, but there is the promise from TapBots to developers of more coming in the future. The subscription for TweetBot 6 gets you the uh, a selection of features that you otherwise cannot get multiple accounts, advanced filters, notifications, and the ability to tweet. So if you if you do not subscribe, you can still use the app, but you are using a read-only version of TweetBot. Um, TapBots are referring to this as early access. Mm. Um, the, the new features, because like those things I've mentioned before, they were all in the app before, right? These are just, you you if you don't pay, you can't get access to those things. New to TweetBot 6 are new app icons, um, the default one is much better. The I hated the TweetBot 5 icon because it looked really angry. <laughs> yeah. And the TweetBot 6 one does not look so angry. There are more UI themes, but st- st- a cons- uh, 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 I will still make the same complaint I did last time. There's not 
they only have like one or they have like basically one uh true black theme i wish they had more um and it's this app is now built on twitter's version 2 api now i believe tweetbot have to pay for this which they didn't before and i expect this is probably why they've decided to go with the subscription route for the app now because they have ongoing costs to twitter that they didn't have before with the version 2 API, my belief is they get more features and more features are coming. Version 6 of TweetBot now can use Twitter's polls and cards features, which is great. And I hope that they're able to add more native features like this in the future to make basically like to not... I and mean, this was a complaint that we had a long time ago when we all switched to the official Twitter app that you didn't feel like you were... Um, being held back by using a third-party app from getting the full experience. Well, they have access to polls, at least to an extent, in that you can see results, but if you want to vote, you still got to open Twitter or uh, Twitter.com. Yeah, and you, and you can't create a poll from TweetBot. Yeah. yeah. Do you know if that's the thing that is they haven't implemented it yet, or are they not able to? I'm not okay. sure. I think I'm that the, sure. the, the new Twitter API is still a very much a growing thing. I, I don't think it's by any means finished yet. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about mm. supporting app developers and features. There's been a lot of conversation about this app, and it's a similar kind of conversation to many apps that have moved to a subscription-based uh, uh, business model. I have a few things that I want to say on this. So I think it's totally valid to say that you will subscribe to an application because you use it every day and the developers need to get paid. That is perfectly valid. It is uh, completely acceptable as a thing to do. It's like how I subscribe to uh, Twitch streamers that I like. I just want to support their work, right? I enjoy what they do, so I just want to give them money because I want them to keep doing the thing mm -hmm. that they're doing. Mm -hmm. It is also valid, in my opinion, to say that as a customer, for the subscription, you would want a value exchange. You may not always want that, but it might be, depending on the type of application or depending on the type of thing, you might want that. So I do not think that it's acceptable to... to really take it to extremes that some people do where they like harass developers and write blog posts and leave one star review. Like that's like a whole different thing, especially when Tweetbot 5 just remains, right? It's still available. It's still there for you. If they had updated Tweetbot and then ripped it all out and made it read only, that would have been like a whole different thing, but that's not what they did, right? They created a brand new app and it's up to you then. But I do think it's totally fair to take a wait-and-see approach to, like, I want to see what features they add and see if it's then worth my money on a more consistent basis. Um, like, you might want to keep using version 5 for a while, wait to see what tapbots do to convince you. Because it is interesting. Really, I feel like a lot of apps that move from one-off payment to subscription have a selection of features to give to you. I would like to read a quote from uh, Max Stories' own One True John Voorhees, because mm -hmm. I think John encapsulated this better than I'm going to be able to. 
John says, I have no issue with subscriptions conceptually, but they rightly carry the expectation that in return for regular payments, users will receive meaningful periodic updates. Recognizing this, many developers time the move to a subscription with a substantial app update to start off on the right foot, which TapBots has not done. TweetBot's subscription is primarily based on the promise of future updates. Even though the TweetBot subscription isn't expensive, I think TapBots owes its users more than it has delivered. And right. I do agree with John there. There's another problem, maybe not a problem, maybe something that I would have done differently because I've seen it done differently over the past year, really. I think the way that developers and that especially this type of indie developers, you know, indie developers that we cover on the site, the way that they prepare for for app launches and for introducing a new subscription model has changed. I think... This is something that that I've been noticing increasingly over the past year. I think it's become pretty much common to run effectively open test flights for all kinds of users to show them exactly what you're working on and why it's going to be worth the cost of a subscription. It's become pretty common to have an open Slack, for example, where uh, beta testers can join, can discuss uh, what developers can have a direct line of contact with those members. Because those members, those, those early users will be your first uh, will be the kinds of people that will defend you on your evangelists. Your evangelists when you launch the app. Um, it's been pretty uh, obviously it's been pretty common to get in touch with a bunch of websites to get to give them access to, to, to the beta and to explain, hey, here's why we're switching to a subscription. It's become pretty common to do a blog post, sometimes months in advance, to say, here's the thing, here's what we're going to do, and here's why. You look at the Brian Mueller, for example, what he did for Carrot 5, which is launching, I believe, tomorrow, uh, or at some point this week. He had a long uh, thread on Reddit, like a full post with a yeah, hundreds of comments. This. Really where he explained yeah. really, really good explanation of here's what I'm doing for Carrot 5, let me explain it to you. And that's great. And what I think is happening here, uh, you know, we've gotten a bunch of tweets about, you know, folks complaining about Tweetbot moving to a subscription. It was even worse, I think, when, when the folks of Fantastical moved to a subscription. I think a lot of indie developers need to accept a few hard realities. In 2021. The first one is, I get it, the idea of why wouldn't you want to support your favorite indie developer? Like, I totally get it. Mm -hmm. Sentimentally speaking, it's a topic close to my heart. But I think especially in 2021, in a post, well, quote unquote, post (laughs) current pandemic world, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think you got to put those feelings aside and you got to account for the fact that this is money we're talking about and people are rightfully so very conscious of their financials right now. And so I think thinking that people are going to support you anyway, it's not going to work out, I think, right now. Because unfortunately, money and taking care of your family you know, those things are more important than developer goodwill right now. And I think that there's something to be said about being open in advance exactly. and getting feedback, maybe. Exactly. Um, I know that a lot of indie developers in our community take the Apple approach of like, 
we don't say anything. But you're not Apple. That's the thing, right? That's that was my That's second. That was <laughs> yep. my second reality. Okay. You're not Sorry Apple. To take that you cannot you. just bring a surprise on people. It's not like you're, you know, Tim Cook walking on stage and introducing the new iPhone. This Good isn't morning. App. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I think especially right now. Again, look at what folks like Greg Pierce are doing with drafts or Brian yes. Mueller with Carrot 5. Like, you know, there's plenty, Aaron Pierce with his suite of HomeKit apps and utilities. Like, there's plenty of indie developers who have realized that the App Store economy and the competition has changed, you know, right now compared to 10 years ago. The surprise app launch where you know, you create demand by surprising people and say, no, there's the new app by TapBots. I, I must own this, you know, $3 app. That used to work out in 2010. It doesn't necessarily work out in 2021. <laughs> I mean, did it though? Well, to an extent, I because think so. Because every time TapBots would release a new version, people would lose their minds that they had to pay again, right? Right. I think it's heating up with subscriptions yeah. because it's money forever. Um, but it's kind of interesting to me that that they didn't, that they weren't more open in advance because tapbots are a company that have always had these problems of like we have a new version and we're going to charge for it and we're going to charge for it because we're a company. This is what we make. Fine, but every single time people get upset right? Like, you must know this by now, right? Like, you've had it with the Mac app. You've had it with every version of the iPhone app. Like, the, you know, people get upset, rightly or wrongly, about needing to spend more money on software. And, you know, like, I think we've spoken about this a lot on this show of, like, the reality of the economy that you're in, right? Like, you cannot compare apples to apples, like, you can't say, this costs this, and this costs this, and everyone should be cool with it, right? Like, oh, but $6 a year, like, you spend $6 a day on your lunch. Like, why would you mm-hmm. not want... But, like, it's the economy of the of the world that you're in is what you're working within, right? Like, software is cheap. So... And people really like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you can't eat an app but you know what it's like yeah. this is this is what they're in like this is yeah it's not ideal it would be much so much better for, for uh developers if software was more expensive and uh, i get it like I, I understand it but that just isn't it and like so you know you can be frustrated about it and be frustrated about it but you still have to work within the constraints of the economy around you Mm-mm. yeah yeah which is why i think it's really important to be proactive and mm. to to build um you know excitement before the release to be like right now all the successful app launches that we're covering on the site they had a very open um beta stage, lots of feedback, thousands of users. So you launch the product with an established fan base who is going to do whatever they can to promote your app. And I think that's the way to go right now. I think using the old approach of, surprise, we have an app, doesn't work out anymore. And when you add on top of that the subscription surprise effect, I don't want to say it's a recipe for disaster because hopefully this will work out for these developers, but I think it's a risk and you're yep. taking a big risk in doing that. 
Yeah, like we have a subscription too now, right? Like you can pay us money. Right. And you get the show. But there was like a lot of considerations that we took into it. Like nothing was going to get taken away from our Mm -hmm. show, right? We Mm -hmm. didn't take away any features or put them behind a paywall. And we also decided that we didn't want it to be just like, hey, support us by giving us money. We were going to remove ads from our show and give bonus content. So that felt like an overall package that we were willing to offer. I think that that's the kind of things that people need to make those kinds of considerations that just support us because we need support. It's not going to work with as many people as support us and get this and this Mm -hmm. and this. Let's talk about it. You know, like there is a, there is more success in a better mixture, I think, in the long run. Yeah. Something about it makes me feel like me as a, as a, customer or a user of an app or a service i'm being that my support or my continued use of it is just taken for granted like oh yeah they'll just move on to this just out of goodwill and like Mm. that's fine and there's lots of things that all three of us do that to you know mike you mentioned uh creators on twitch like all of us support things like that yeah but you can't or well you shouldn't build your entire business on that uh, and I think with Tapbots in particular, they've had run-ins with users online, and they've been cranky about things, and that's fine. We're all that way sometimes, but y- you need to go to the user base and explain what's going on. And to John's really good point in his article, you know, prove do some of that work on the front end that this is going to be worthwhile. You know, the six bucks a year is not a lot of money for a lot of people. It is a lot of money for some people too. And you need to prove that you've earned it and that your uh, app or service or whatever it is, is something that you're willing to keep investing in. Because for better or for worse, and whether it was Apple's goal or not when setting up recurring subscriptions, the understanding is, at least, especially for like power user, nerd type users who are going to use TweetBot over Twitter or are going to use Twitterific over Twitter or some other third party weather app or podcast app, right? This whole scene that we're in, we all have an understanding that ongoing recurring subscription equals ongoing updates. And Mm -hmm. they just didn't deliver on that. You know, I I was flipping through TweetBot 6. I've got it on my phone and... Looking through it, like if you didn't if you didn't tell me it was a new version, I'm not sure I would have noticed. And mm-hmm. that's not fantastic. I've come to prefer a lot about the way that the Twitter app itself yeah. works for me now. And there are things that I've gotten really used to, but there are things that Twitter does that are pretty hostile and I don't expect to see them in third party apps. Like promoted tweets for companies that are completely irrelevant to me mm-hmm. like i get i get promoted tweets for betting companies all the time like <laughs> there is i don't do this like you know and i even said when they gave me the option show me personalized ads because my feeling is if you're going to show me ads i at least want them to be relevant sure right because look instagram does it and i buy stuff from instagram all the time because the ads are relevant, so I buy stuff. But I'm never going to join your sports betting service because I don't bet on sports, right? So, mm-hmm. like, stop showing me these ads. Uh, there was a while for a couple of weeks where, I'm not kidding, 
but every five or six tweets, I was shown a tweet from a topic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that stopped happening. Uh, interestingly, uh, this is something I noticed. I It was kind of frustrating. I made the decision a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to like stop using Twitter as much as I was. I made this decision... Uh, two days before the insurrection on the Capitol, and it like completely broke it, right? Because it's like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to stop using Twitter as much, and then like, ah, I got to be plugged in online. Um, because I was gone for two days, I didn't see an ad on Twitter for two days. Like when I went back, I, no ads, and I thought it was really interesting because maybe they just show me a lot of ads because I'm on Twitter a lot. Use Twitter less, see less ads. I don't know. I noticed it. I don't know what their thinking is on that, or if they do do anything on that, but I did notice way less ads and no more topics being shoved in my face after I took some time away for a day or two. It's very interesting. Um, if the overall experience of Tweetbot can improve from the new API fe- features, I could move back, but there are things that I'm super used to now. Like I was using Tweetbot today, and I have really come to prefer and love the threaded conversations in a timeline because i was noticing i would see a tweet and it was just like some random like at like at federico yeah it's like what does this mean like if i want to know i have to click through to it but in the twitter app you see all of the replies in context and while at first i remember we were all like this is madness why would you do this after you get used to it it is a vastly superior way to follow conversation i keep my eye on it i'm intrigued because i used to love Tweetbot, mm-hmm. but moved away from it just over time yeah but part of the reason i moved away from it is because they couldn't take advantage of the things that twitter could yeah if they decide to maybe they can make better design decisions but i don't know yet and i won't see yeah i feel the same way for all those reasons also the fact that and I'm not sure if the version 2 of the API gives them access to the full history of Twitter search. That's one of the big reasons why I, I also like to use the Twitter app. Um, being able to search for any tweet from the past, how long has Twitter existed? I don't know, 15 years or something. Um, but also, I just feel like using any third-party client these days, um, and this is true for Tweetbot, Twitterific, Aviary, uh, all of them, it just feels like I'm not using the real, if you will, Twitter experience. It just feels like I'm a little bit detached from normal people. Like, it's even one of those small things, right? When there's like an event, like a real world event going on, and there's the special hash flag, as they call it. And you can see that in a third party client. And it just feels like you're missing out on what the rest of the world is doing. Yeah. Let alone that the tweets aren't real time. Yeah. And that. Yeah. So. You know, I'm uh, what something that I've been doing a lot lately is checking out Twitter when I'm watching a specific um, program on TV in Italy uh, on live television. It's Big Brother. Come on, it's Big Brother. Just say it. It's, it's Big Brother. That, but not also a bunch of other ones. Okay. Uh, but mostly the Big Brother. <laughs> Must be <the> Big Brother. <laughs> you know, they extended the program again. <laughs> <laughs> Those folks are gonna um, be locked out in the house for six months. They're gonna keep extending that thing until the pandemic is over. Like, you know, the Big Brother will continue. When they finally open the doors, it will be the children of the people that were sent in that come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, but it's like when you do that and you get the real time tweets and you see like millions of other people talking about the same thing. That's not something that you can get in a third party client. You know, 
it's all of those reasons why I also use the Twitter app, which for many other reasons, like it also drives me crazy. The fact that it's horrible on iPad, for example, the promoted tweets, um, the fact that I keep seeing the same ads over and over, like the same, there's not enough variety to those ads. It's always like the same, there's one for a cell phone provider that I keep getting over the past week. It's, it's so annoying, but still. I mean, one thing you can do, which is what I do, is I mute the accounts. I mean, you'll still get bad ads, but you at least won't see the same ads all the time, and I do find that to be preferable. That's a good name. Okay. But, I mean, Thank you're you. still going to see stuff that is irrelevant to you, uh, but at least it's not the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like, it's it's funny, right? Like, I think it was a point that I made when when we all moved, when I moved, and then Federico, you'd been on a Twitter app first, and then I went in, and t- Stephen, I think you, you came after, of like, there is no other service like this where I don't use the app that the company makes. Mm-mm. Right? Yeah. Like, there aren't it's a unique... third-party Instagram yeah. apps. No. Well, there used to be some, but then they shut down the API, yeah. but it wasn't nearly as popular. Like, the idea of a third-party client, I think it's pretty unique to Twitter. Mm-hmm. If you remember, there used to be like YouTube clients. Like I remember ProTube back in the day. Like that was a really good YouTube client. And then of course Google shut down the API. But I think the 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 idea of a, of a, of the Twitter client is very unique and very unique to Twitter itself. I don't know. Twitter seems to think that they can, you know, convince developers to come back and make actual full clients again. I'm I'm still very skeptical. Yeah, I, I, I'm I am taking a very wait and see move on that. One thing that I find that I like in the default Twitter client is not something I would have guessed. And a lot of the content is garbage, but when you when there is something in trending that is newsworthy, you can understand it pretty quickly normally. And Yeah, they do that like breakdown, don't they? Where they yeah, where they contacts, someone at good. Twitter writes yep. a couple sentences, and they they have the most relevant tweets. And then if I want to go read more, I can. Usually they have news organizations towards the top of that or the user that's involved. A lot of the trends themselves I don't care about or just not useful to me, but when they are, I find that a pretty good way to understand at least a little bit and see if I want to go explore the story more. And in TweetBot, maybe it's an API thing, maybe their users just don't care about it as much, but it's just like a list and you don't necessarily easily understand what it's about. And I find that surprisingly, I, f- I find that a little bit uh, frustrating. Yeah, I, I do feel like maybe we all have been away from third party apps for too long now. And like the the, the prospect of actually returning to them with a, with a older feature set might be unrealistic now. That's a good subtopic, actually. Maybe th- we should talk about this not today, but in the future. But I'm just going to, you know, throw it out there for now. Do you guys feel like you are checking out fewer apps, new apps, than before? I had this feeling a couple of years ago. Remember? Remember I sent you a text one day and was like, I remember are that. there new yes. apps anymore? Because I don't find them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and how do you feel about it now? Uh, less, hmm. less. I'm I'm putting it down as a future topic. Okay, all right. Let's think about it. And some some real time follow up. It's called early access. That's how they label it. Is because that's what Twitter's version two API is. So it's incomplete, and that's what they decided to name 
this version of TweetBot, uh, Paul Haddad says that they will remove that label once the API reaches 1.0. Okay. So it is weird that they call it that because there was no explanation. Apparently, that's why. Right. I mean, that is a. I just assumed it was along those lines, but it makes more sense that it aligns with what Twitter's calling it too. You know, one thing I'm just, I've been sitting here playing with TweetBot 6. One thing I do not miss from the regular Twitter app is I don't, I don't ever really care to see who likes or retweets my tweets. I mean, I'm thankful people do, but I really just want to see my replies and you can get to one of those views or the other in Twitter, but Twitter really wants to show you engagement stuff and the notifications, what they call notifications in the app, right? Yeah. And I just don't, this is not something I keep up with. Well, you see, this is, I I understand what you mean, but I also do sometimes want to see it. And in third party apps, you just can't. Yeah. Right. And so that's the difference. (laughs) I, 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 I'm going to sound like an Oh, he's going to say it's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes open the verified tab to see if other verified users have engaged mm. with my tweets. Oh, I mean, I do, I do that too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel good mm-hmm. sometimes. It's like a secret mm-hmm. club. Mm-hmm. Verified people. <laughs> well, well, we're all terrible. <laughs> well, you know how we can say it, and I do genuinely believe this. I really hope that Twitter's verified uh, system that they're apparently going to be rolling out soon is like genuinely. It should be open to everybody. Like yes, everyone should. should be able to be verified. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that that is more what they're moving towards. I know that yeah. they explicitly called out um, like people who are in activist groups and stuff like that, which I think is like a really good addition. But ultimately, I think they need to be able to move verified to to everyone. Yeah. Like everyone should be able to be verified. Yeah. But um, then those of us who are already give us a gold check mark instead. Is that what you want? Oh my god. Oh my god. Can I, you imagine? I would, yeah, I would love to have like an extra badge. You know. But what do you want it to 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 suggest? Verified like, pro. Verified pro. Okay. That's good. <laughs> if you if you want to hear more about Twitter, uh, this morning's episode of Dithering with John Gruber and Ben Thompson talks about Twitter's recent acquisition of a newsletter company, but also just on a bigger stage, like Twitter's moving forward and how do they monetize things? I don't know. I found it to be a very compelling conversation. So go check that out if you are a Dithering subscriber. Anything else on Twitter and TweetBot? We got one more thing to close this out. Uh, no, I don't think so. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom. Well, you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? If your customers couldn't click that buy now button or access your content, you might stumble across the problem by luck, but that's not good. You need a system, a system to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site. And more importantly, when it's not, you need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. Pingdom keeps your sites and the sites you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you need alerts about any critical website issues. Pingdom lets you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Plus, they track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, go check out Pingdom. They have a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. 
Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the show and Relay FM. So we thought it would be interesting, uh, since TweetBot has moved to a subscription, for us to uh, talk about the app subscriptions that uh, we currently are using. Uh, some of these are in the App Store, some are out of the App Store, some of these are personal, some of these sort of bl- blend the lines between personal and business. But I think it'd be fun to talk about this. I kind of just, I had this as a thought in my mind for a while. And I especially, because I knew that we were going to be bringing a variety of opinions to the show today, I also wanted to prove that we do support developers (laughs) with (laughs) subscriptions. Like, we're not, like, anti that. Um, But So I figured it would be worth highlighting some of those at least. So, Mike, do you want to go first? Okay. Yeah, so I, I have a selection of apps uh, in the App Store um, and and other little things. Apple One Premium, you know, I love to support Apple. Oh, yeah, indie developer right there. Good. The, the upstart, <laughs> got to get them a go. Uh, TweetBot is now on that list. I signed up for the annual because I wanted to try it out. Uh, Office 365 because those guys really need some help over there at Microsoft. Uh, but I do have an Office 365 subscription. Uh, Widgetsmith, uh, YouTube Premium. Okay, I want, before I know someone's going to write in, I will close Twitter, close email. I know that I, oh, I'm pretty sure YouTube Premium is cheaper if you pay for it outside of the App Store. This is just yeah, how I do outside. it. I can't mm. be bothered <laughs> to change it. Yeah, it's, I, this is it. Uh, drafts, Bear, the uh, markdown editing application. Uh, Castro, Craft. Craft is cool. Mm-hmm. There are three note-taking apps in this list. A lot of note-taking. Yeah, I like to take notes. All right, drafts I use for uh, some automation stuff. I use it mainly for that. Oh, and also fancy, drafts. Drafts boy. is one of those aspirational purchases. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. I like to think one day I could be uh, a full-on drafts user. Um, Bear, I, Bear is my favorite like markdown text editor okay like i like it for that where's the other uh, note taking well craft craft i don't think of it as a note taking app craft okay. is like for me that's where i it's evernote okay right? that's what i treat okay. craft as basically right. like loads of stuff goes into it all kinds of different types of content plus as well like i i wanted an application that was siloed of just one thing so everything to do with cortex brand I want it in one application. I didn't want it right. intermixed with other stuff. So I have just a craft workspace for all of that. It was previously in Notion. Craft is better for me for what I want to do. Visco, the uh, photo editing app. Uh, deliveries. Uh, Halide Mark II. Another aspirational subscription. <laughs> you know? Uh, GIF Wrapped, the GIF app. Uh, Carrot Weather. Overcast and Dew. These are all of my in the App Store subscriptions. And then I have a selection of apps that I pay for outside of the App Store. There might be more than this subscription-wise, but these were the ones I could remember um, and through looking at the apps on my devices. I pay for Fantastical from outside of the App Store, which I recommend because it's a legitimate business purchase for me and allows me to do it because it's super complicated to try and... Even with Apple Pay, 
to choose different cards in the App Store. So hard to do, and I really wished it wasn't so difficult. Uh, One Password, Text Expander, Creative Cloud, Spark. I pay for the Teams feature. Discord. I, I pay for. I don't remember what they call it now. I think it used to be called Nitro, but I pay for that. I technically don't pay for Slack myself, but I kind of pay for Slack. We split it. Yeah, technically. Uh, OmniFocus. <laughs> I pay for OmniFocus outside of the App Store too, and Toggle. Okay, they're my subscriptions. Those are some good subscriptions. It's a real slice of Mike Hurley there, like multiple note-taking applications, Mm -hmm. time tracking, right? It's just all like, you just cut me open and these are the apps you find inside. That's Mm. not how apps work at all. It's like like a (laughs) rock, you know, like a geode type thing? Sure. Sure. I think geode's Pokemon, right? Yes, Steven. I know Pokemon. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I also have Apple One Premium, Craft which I use for all my work-related notes. I keep my personal notes in Apple Notes. Uh, Headspace, which is a meditation relaxation app. Mm. Nomo Robo, which is a nice. call screening app that uses the uh, mechanism put in, I think, in iOS 12, maybe? 11 or 12, where it, you can run phone numbers through a database and see if it's spam or not. Does that work for you? Nomo Robo? Yeah. Uh, it does. Yeah. It's pretty good. Okay. I think it's pretty good. I get a little badge a lot saying this is a spam call that Nomo, Nomo Robo puts up on the screen. So Nice. Uh, Overcast, Fantastical, uh, Strava. I, f- I forget which level of Strava, but they have different features. That's a, a running and cycling tracking app. Have you getting a lot of use out of that recently? No. That was an annual <laughs> purchase uh, like in the summer. <laughs> I haven't used it. Past Stephen had... Re- <laughs> <laughs> Very different uh, opinions to what current Stephen would. Uh, well, not opinions, uh, capabilities. Uh, day one, deliveries, gift wrapped, uh, carrot weather, uh, Todoist, which is my task manager. I did look. Technically, my remember the milk membership is also still active, but set to expire in about a month. Oh, wow. The love affair is over. I'm sure I'll be back. Yeah, I have no doubt about it. Uh, Widgetsmith, YouTube Premium, Do as well, which is fantastic. Uh, ones outside the App Store that I could think of were 1Password, which is both like our company pays for, and then I have a family account that I share with Mary. I'm the same. Uh, text okay. Expander. Not with Mary. I don't share 1Password I mean, with your wife. <laughs> it's cool with me. Uh, text Expander too. and Backblaze. Backing up my Max. Oh, Backblaze. Yeah, Backblaze. Yeah. Uh, We're all three going to have ones we forgot about after we hear someone else mention it. Creative Cloud, pay for the, the whole shebang. Uh, Slack, of course, Relay pays for it for our, you know, 50 people that are in there. And then Office 365. I think that's it. I mean, we didn't really get into pure entertainment. I think YouTube Premium is as close as we got. But looking through my active list in the App Store... And looking through my expenses, that's what I came up with. Uh, my list is a bit shorter than you guys, I think. Um, so in terms of apps, um, craft. Well, I genuinely expect, though, that for you, a lot of the apps that would be the ones that me and Stephen would have, you're very likely on betas of 
those apps. Mm, no. And not necessarily the same ones, but like that there might be like a type of application. So you just, you don't need a subscription for it. Or maybe you just, the types of applications, you just have apps that aren't subscription apps. No, I don't have a lot of betas on my devices right now. Um, Hmm. Did a lot of cleanup over the past few months. Um, So what I pay for in the app store is Craft, which is where I'm keeping all of my notes right now. Um, Timery, because I mean, it's, you know, all those reasons. It's the best time checking app. Uh, Carrot Weather, and I'm really keen to see what Brian does with... The- oh, I miss Timery. I miss Timery. Sorry. Timery. Uh, just, I mean, it's like one of my favorite apps ever. How did I miss it? Timery has to be like one of the apps that I use the most on all of my devices, especially now with the widgets. Yeah. And the shortcuts. How did I miss Timery? I really timery? use it a lot. Timery oh. is super good. Carrot Weather. I'm really keen to play around with version 5. I haven't spent as much time as I hoped with it. We're going to have a review on Mac stories, but not by me. <laughs> because hopefully you didn't write it. <laughs> 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 by Federico. Uh, I haven't used this one. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. I played around with the beta. It feels a little bit intimidating at first because of all those new options for UI customization and all that kind of stuff. But... We'll see. We'll see when it launches. Um, Castro, I pay for the what's it called, Castro Plus mm-hmm. uh, subscription. Yeah, I really like really like the app. Um, the way that it works with the inbox. Apollo, I subscribe to the Apollo Ultra subscription annual thing. Um, that's the Reddit app, right? That's the Reddit client, best Reddit client you can find. One of the best developers you can you can find around. Really, Christian is such a cool guy. Um, and it's the best Reddit experience you can you can find on iOS and, and iPadOS. Um, I still really like Narwhal. I'm, I'm, I like I mean, the simplicity of Narwhal, and I think sure. that's what most people don't want. They want the features of Apollo, and I am just not that heavy a Reddit user, I think. Well, I'm not a heavy Reddit user. I just feel like the way that Apollo works. Yeah. yeah. Um, I subscribe to Keep It as well, which is the document manager type application it's sort of like DevonThink, but like a lightweight version of DevonThink. Mm-hmm. i think would be a good way to describe it uh this is where i keep all of the pdf versions of our newsletters for example uh, pdf copies of apple's documentation and i switched from DevonThink because keep it had much better shortcuts integration uh when i needed it a few months ago yeah. I know that there's a new version of DevonThink coming out um, that, in theory, amongst other actions, will also have new shortcuts integration, so maybe I will reconsider. But for now, I'm using Kipit on all of my devices. Uh, Pokemon Home, this is the, the, the service that lets you move around Pokemon between different games and different systems. It's like online storage for Pokemon. I was so I'm happy sure. to, see, <laughs> to see this in here. Uh, it was I just subscribe. Very, I, 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 of course, but it was just, it was just heartwarming to me for some reason to just see that it was that Pokemon Home was in there. You know, Mike, as I as I make sense of my life after a bit of a break that I had, um, the Pokemon itch is coming again. Oh, not the, here not we the go. Com- not for competitive play. I don't think I can handle that sort of stress, if you will, right now. But the single player, like actually just playing Pokemon and, and mm. catching them and, and playing the old games as well. I think it's coming back. I think I may be starting like the Pokédex quest again sometime soon. Anyway, uh, two PDF apps. PDF Viewer, which is like my default PDF 
reader for like signing stuff, contracts, annotations, all that sort of like basic PDF stuff. I subscribe to that, but also highlights. Highlights I exclusively use for my annual iOS and iPadOS reviews. And I use it because it lets me view the document and the annotations in split screen side by side. It's got this very unique view for uh, annotations and documents that I really like. And finally, this is something that I started using a few months ago, AdGuard Pro. Uh, this is an ad blocker, but also it installs a, um, like a VPN on your device uh, for DNS protection. And basically, it's one of those apps that tries to block ads and encrypt your, your internet requests uh, with a VPN profile. And I think it's been working out really well for me lately. Like, for example, thanks to AdGuard, when I go to certain, like, Italian newspaper websites and I want to watch a video, the ad doesn't load at all. Hmm. The video just starts playing. That's one of the things that AdGuard can do. Now, I feel sorry for the ad industry because I feel like I'm stealing your money, but hey, you know, I want to watch those videos for... You know, <laughs> That's what am I supposed to do? I want to watch the video. I don't want your ad. <laughs> I mean, it's it's allowed. It's on the App Store. So, you know, go complain to Apple, not me. So, yeah, AdGuard. Now, outside of the App Store, I obviously pay for Hey, hey. Spotify, which technically I'm not subscribed. Like, I haven't subscribed to Spotify per se. Like, what I've done is I have this little this neat website that I go to where I purchase gift cards, like U.S. gift cards for online services. You can purchase a gift card for the U.S. App Store, for Spotify, for the Google Play Store. So what I do is I purchase Spotify gift cards. Then I use ExpressVPN, which is also a sponsor of the show, um, to log into Spotify as a U.S. with a U.S. location. Uh, and then I use my U.S. gift card to redeem my Spotify Premium US version subscription. so It's interesting because this definitely feels like it would be a one true John job to get you gift cards. So I guess it's nice that you've found a, a website to relieve that work from one true John. Yeah, a very good website, which I will not share in case, you know, <laughs> they shut it down. <laughs> yeah, because like, are they sending you scans of actual gift cards? They used to. Now they have a more efficient, much more efficient system in I, place. I've used Wait. something like that before. You that know, is shady. You know, I used to be friends. Well, I think at some point we became friends uh, with the previous website that I used to rely on for this kind of stuff with Jeff. His name was Jeff. And Jeff and I, like, he was one of those websites that sent you the scan of the <laughs> gift card. And I don't know, sometimes we talked. And I think at some point he discovered Mac stories and he started asking me questions pri yeah. <laughs> privately over email. <laughs> and that got kind of weird. And so I stopped using Jeff's website. I can imagine this is it's like one of those things with like a dealer. And so his, his <laughs> name in your address book is just like Jeff gift card. <laughs> Wait, I think if you buy drugs, you don't put in Joe Heroin as their contact name. <laughs> well, no. Uh, you know, obviously you, you wouldn't write... I don't... I think, like, heroin is maybe not a great... I mean, come on. Like, of all drugs, straight to heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's, like... You well, know. hey, look, Cindy, Co Cindy Cocaine was out of town, so I have called <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> 
God. My God. <laughs> Why don't you just start with weed? <laughs> I mean, exactly. Why do you go straight to heroin? <laughs> no, you want to go all the way. Uh, no, actually. <laughs> William Weed, um, Mary Marijuana. Yeah. Actually, I, I saved him. And I'm not joking. I'm, I saved him as Jeff iTunes. <laughs> See, I knew it. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> <sighs> or it's like if you met someone at like a club, like in our younger years, you know, like they, you might say by the name of the nightclub that you met them in. You associate the person. Because you don't, you didn't, you didn't get. I mean, how often do you catch people's surnames in those kinds of situations? Also, like you don't introduce yourself with your last name. Exactly. Just like, <laughs> Hello, I'm Federico Vitigi. Get away from me, you creep. <laughs> well, let me see if I can find Jeff iTunes. Again. Jeff iTunes. Can you imagine if it was Jeff Williams? Mm. No, it's uh, the real Jeff yeah. iTunes. I know. Sometime, one time, he failed to. Sent me uh, the scan of a gift card and he was very apologetic and he told mm. me like, "Hey, I had some trouble at home." And I was like, "Dude, um, I don't care. I don't want to know about <laughs> you've you've don't... misunderstood our relationship, <laughs> Jeff Itunes." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Federico blogger, what else is on your list? Okay, um, uh, Slack. <laughs> oh, I just got that. That was good. I got that. Slack. Mm. Mm-hmm. One password. Uh, uh, I use both one password for work uh, and one password for family. Uh, mm-hmm. Family, just me and Sylvia, and for work, I have John and Alex, and we all share access to a bunch yeah. of like work stuff and work documents. Yep. Um, toggle, obviously, for time tracking. Dropbox, which I still use, even oh, though. Oh, yeah. Dropbox. I didn't put that I one still, on my list. Yeah, me too. I still Dropbox. use it. I still use it. Uh, it's still the best file and document sharing service you can find. And I think that's pretty much it. I, I don't have anything else in my list that requires a subscription. And I was looking at my phone again. That's the stuff on my home screen and on the second page. I don't think. I mean, technically, in Twitch. On, on iPhone, I do use the... That's not a subscription when you... No, you buy, like, tokens. You buy the tokens. So, yeah. you know, tokens are like a subscription, but you buy them as in a purchase on the iPhone. Um, so, yeah, that's my list. I'm sure that there's stuff that we missed out. Plus, of course, like, this doesn't take into account, you know, the apps that we might repurchase every year, right? Like, you get right. a new version or whatever. But this is just in an effort to show that we are good subscription boys and we pay lots of money to developers because we love them if you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about they're over on the website at relay.fm slash connected slash three three zero while you're there you can get in touch via email via uh, a little link there right there in the sidebar so send us some feedback or follow up you can become a member of Connected Pro. You get a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. This week, we discussed the list of words added to the dictionary for the year. And it uh, was very interesting. Mm-hmm. We also talked about how Wall Street works. Now none of us understand it. Well, we didn't talk about how it works because we don't know because how it works. Because we don't understand it. Good point. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> you can find us all on the internet. You can find Federico on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Federico, I have two related questions for you this week. 
Wow, okay. What are the best and worst flavored ice creams? Flavors of ice mm. cream, I should say. Well, the the best is well, well, I'm a I'm a simple I'm a simple guy. I'm gonna say chocolate. That's the best kind. Do you have a particular brand of chocolate ice cream that you enjoy? Oh well, no, I have a particular ice cream shop that I enjoy. Okay, you want to give me a shout out? Like a gelato shop, not I like. But wait, by by ice cream, I don't mean like ice cream that you buy at the supermarket. I was thinking about gelato. So, well, I mean, you could buy gelato as a supermarket too. But yes, you know, artisanal it can be any yeah gelato. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Okay, artisanal. I don't know if they would call themselves artisanal because I'm assuming you're using some kind of like been around since. 1712 or something kind of gelato shop over there in Italy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff, though. Yeah. But the worst flavor. Mm, I really dislike lemon as a as a ice cream flavor. I really don't get it as a flavor. Like, why would you want to eat? I like lemon sorbet. I find it very refreshing. Yes, that's fantastic after a meal for example yeah. like it's very but as a like is i'm uh, i'm thinking of like uh, on a cone right if i gotta pick three flavors right. like creamy not icy yeah mm, yeah okay yeah and mm. i really like i'm not a huge fan of fruit based flavors for ice cream mm, mm. like i'm more of like chocolate you know, vanilla, that kind of like, I'm very mm. traditional. Okay. Yeah. You can find Mike on Twitter as I M Y K E, and Mike hosts a whole bunch of shows here on Relay FM. Mike, is there anything you want to talk about? No, I love everyone. Oh, it's good. That's my, that's my new, that's my new thing. I love it. Love everybody except bad people. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write over at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, AirBuddy, Bombas, and Pingdom. Until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.